And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 109 today. Uh, we're going to be talking about psychedelics and the Truman Show effect uh, with Jack from uh, Trip Whip. He runs the Trip Whip channel on uh, YouTube. Uh, check us out at Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike and Maurice. For $2 a month, you'll get uh, access to exclusive content. Um, and uh, also check out our website, Mike and Maurice MindEscape.com. And uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. And uh, also check us out on all the podcast apps that are out there and leave us a nice uh, review on there as well. So what's going on, Jack? Thanks for coming back on. Thanks for having me. It's a total pleasure to be back on with you guys. I always love having a chat. Of course. For sure. Of course. Uh, so I saw that you um, released a new video talking about your personal experiences with um, – being on psychedelics and having what's called the Truman effect where, uh, almost like you're being watched or spied on, or you're the only person that's living this reality and everybody else is in on some sort of weird thing. Um, mm -hmm. so why don't we start there and you just describe kind of your personal experience with that and what it's led to. Sure. So, um, the first time I ever experienced it, I, um, I, I took some acid with my friends and I remember seeing like this, um, something like a vision um, where there is this like light, it's, it, the, the, basically it looks like there are these like light entities or entities like made out of light, literally talking through people to one another. Um, and it was like the people being like um, us, our bodies. And uh, it was like our bodies were just like these biological flesh vehicles for these uh, light entities to speak to one another through. I had this vision early days of acid, and I was like, okay, that was some, that was a crazy ass dream. Threw it under the carpet. I was like, maybe I'm just going to take a break from acid for a bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then um, sometime after that, like uh, probably a year later, um, I ended up having like the biggest dose of acid I've ever had. And uh, I remember as that acid was coming on, I was, um, uh, I don't know, my thoughts started to interact with me in a very like weird way. Um, and I didn't like, I didn't recognize them as like, I didn't identify with the thoughts uh, as much as I normally do. They were saying things which was just kind of weeding me out. Um, and one of the things that started saying was that um, um, like we control everything. We control your perception. We control your environment. This is all for you. And as soon as that thought happened, I was actually in the drive-thru at McDonald's with my friend. And as soon as that uh, thought had said that, everything just went quiet. And uh, the guy in the drive-thru stopped speaking. I think the radio may have been on and the radio just stopped. And my friend Aiden was just like stand, uh, staring at me, smiling. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And 30 seconds, like a strong-ass long 30 seconds just went by where everything was quiet. So I just started laughing because I was like, this is hilarious. Like my whole life is a joke, apparently. And as soon as I start laughing, the people on the radio come back and they start laughing. They're like, welcome back, folks. And the guy in the drive-thru, he's like having a joke and he has a laugh. He's like, all right, guys, can I take your order? It was this really weird thing. And basically, long story short, um, it ended with me in having street, some... Yeah. Exactly. I had some sort of revelation and I ran through the streets and uh, naked and was like um, <laughs> so comfortable doing so because I was like, it doesn't matter. Everybody is me. We're streaking. And, uh, 
It was <laughs> and literally, um, you know, in in real life, everyone's coming up to me and they're saying, "Just calm the fuck down, Jack. Like um, you are high on something." I thought they're all coming up to congratulate me. I thought they're all coming up and saying, "Good work. You've realized the truth. Like, um, um, let's celebrate." Obviously, sobered up in the next two weeks were a pretty hard two weeks to uh, talk to my neighbors and stuff. But I, I had to sit in it because the first time it was really easy for me to dismiss it as just a hallucination because I took the acid, was you know in normal reality, and then closed my eyes and all of a sudden was seeing this vision. Hmm. Whereas this time I started in sober reality and then slowly, slowly um, sober reality progressed into something different, very different, um, and it was still the same sort of information of the first vision where like um it it, it it was still felt like my neighbors who were coming up to me and congratulating me they weren't my neighbors they were like these these entities that that speak to one another through like these flesh vehicle bodies it's crazy as that sounds so um yeah it, it was the same sort of information but this time it's very hard for me to dismiss because it wasn't just like some dream it wasn't just something that popped up out of nowhere it it, it started off very slowly progressing so uh, reality. So I ended up sharing that online, and a whole bunch of people were like, "I know exactly what you're talking about. I went through the exact same thing. It's it's as if you're waking up in some sort of cosmological Truman Show, and you realize that there's a joke going on. That there's this big joke. And I was getting comment after comment of people saying either it's the Truman Show or the Adjustment Bureau. That was the two references everyone was making. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen the Adjustment Bureau. Yeah, you asked this, uh, I think, one of the other episodes we did with you. I've never seen it. I still haven't seen it, but you explained it. I kind of get the idea. It's just this. Yeah. Yeah. People can check out your videos, too. You've talked, you talk about on some of your videos as well. Yeah. And that the adjustment brew relates more to the first vision where you have these entities that are like kind of controlling flesh bodies. That's very much like the adjustment brew. So. You have this like interesting knack for being able to pick out these like weird little things that happen within the psychedelic realm where um, sometimes some of the stuff I've seen you talk about, I haven't even thought of in the terms of it being um, being like this certain type of uh, experience, if you will. Like there's it seems like there's these different like archetypes of experiences and you're, you have a a knack for picking out these like weird things that happen within there. Um, We've talked about obviously the entities, the DMT entities. We've talked about um, the adjustment bureau, which you were just talking about. We've talked about um, all these different things happening and like these spirits and just all this like weird stuff that's happened. Um, But this one, it was interesting in the sense that when I saw your video, um, Mm -hmm. I've had this happen myself a couple times when I was younger. Um, mm. And it was different from paranoia in a way. Because what you're saying, you could take as paranoia. Like, oh, they're watching totally. me. Or, oh, you know, what, what's going on? And It's and all pe- happening for and me. People associate, par- yes, yeah, yeah. Pe- people associate paranoia with, like, uh, psychedelics and cannabis already. But, I mean, it's never yes. really affected me that way. But when I was younger, I had certain experiences where it was paranoia where you're hanging out with your friends and you think they're all laughing at you or you're like the butt of some joke and you're really not mm. like that's happened to me a few mm. times uh, when everybody's really just cool and that's just all in your head. So relate to that. Yep. I'm able to discern from that, from what you're talking about where one time I did have uh, on psilocybin, I was out in the world um, walking around. I was at a park 
and weird things started to happen where it, you you do start to notice um this like thin veneer of what reality is and you start to peel it back a little bit and just mm-hmm. walking around i was able to um i was just questioning like is almost like um solipsism do you know what that is this idea yes, that yeah. yes yeah, so, so it's kind of like that where am i the only th- real thing this mind you know me being me and that maybe um everybody else isn't real so in in totally. that sense i've had that happen so those are different um and the truman show thing mm-hmm. the other thing uh the other experience i had uh-huh. was yeah i felt like um the people around me weren't real um everybody was just right. like an actor um so I have had that happen a, a couple times in my life. So, um, just to put that out there. So, very, very interesting. And and for you, could you relate it to the way I was explaining it? Where yeah, yours was a little uh, different, but I don't think that that's uncommon. Every time we talk about course, these things yeah. or share our experiences, there is some like common thread, but then there's also these like completely different scenarios. I mean, I I, I don't know. Um, obviously, I'm not in your consciousness. Number one, but number two, we're on two different ends of the world you're over in australia have a completely different set of the way you were raised and your outlook on life and the philosophies and you know we're over here doing our thing and it's just completely different lives so the fact that when you have these experiences in these state of minds is interesting i think i think there's a strong reason as well um like that really ties into that because it's like for, for me the, the Truman Show effect is a, a peek into the solipsistic nature of our reality. So it's like, um, to, to put it simply, um, I, I'm not going to make a case for there not being another person or an other <clears throat> right. you know, uh, entity, like a, a, an external world. But all I've ever experienced is myself. Um, everything I've ever touched is, you know, uh, it's, uh, like if I'm touching this table, um, it may seem like I'm having the experience of touching a table, but really I'm just experiencing my neurons, my nerve cells, all these things firing off and um, light right. uh, photons, you know, being absorbed by light detecting cells being reflected, uh, um, uh, but, you know, all that sort of stuff. So it's all me. I can only experience me. So that begs the question, when I experience another person and they speak to me and they really seem like a separate entity to me, yet I'm only experiencing them through my own senses. That must mean that this external personality that they hold, which gives them that feeling of being a separate entity to me, is actually just an invention of uh, of mine, mm-hmm. and more specifically, an invention of my imagination. Um, and so the way that your psyche is set up uh, is going to affect um, not just the way you interpret other people, but the way you interpret these um like these psychedelic revelations, um, because the way your psyche is set, uh, is set up is the way that you create the external world. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why in my video I mentioned the fact that whatever the uh, highest technology available is, that's that's what affects our interpretation of these psychedelic states, and our interpretation of them is our experience of them. So it's like um, I'm experiencing this revelation of, of everything being solips- uh, some sort of like solipsistic um, um, reality, um, as the Truman Show, as everyone being actors within a movie. Well, that's because movies are one of the uh, uh, foremost technologies available to us. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it utilizes that technology to try and um, translate some sort of relationship we have with this universe um, to our conscious selves. 
Um, but a thousand years from now, when we have some like way more advanced technology, they'll be utilizing something else to uh, to explain this. You know, everyone's being caught up in this this idea that we're living in a simulation, whatever. But you know, again, the simulation is just one of those technologies that is uh, is is really prevalent at the moment. Yeah, a thousand years from point. now. You know, it'll be something else, and, and we'll be like, oh, the universe is just like a, a swami swam. Like, it, it's yeah. totally like a swami swam. We've got proof for it, you know. Well, it's imagine, always going to be evolving. Um, yeah, people talk about the simulation, but imagine making another reality that's not a simulation, just creating realities. Now, that's technology right there. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so... Again, I, I think that you you do have a knack for this thing. You, you you're able to pick up these themes. I want to point out though that um, even the ones where I, I mentioned uh, being you know people thinking people are laughing at you and being like the butt of the joke, even though that's just like your paranoia. Um, these are mirrors too, so that even could teach you a, a lesson. Even though, so like if I put myself back in that state, there was probably something going on with me. I mean, you're in high school. Everybody's trying to act cool and do dumb shit and just come off looking the best that they can at all times. So there's probably some inner demons even dealing with that, you know, thinking back to, again, you know, if you eat mushrooms and you're hanging out with uh, your friends and um, there's some sort of like issues going on, like just even growing up, you have those kind of like growing pains and uh, social anxieties and different things. So, Right. Uh, yeah, the subconscious is a hell of a thing. Yeah, and so what I think is interesting too is you also you have a good perspective on it. You're young, but you also are like wise about it too. So I think that's a good combination where you're able to pick up on these things um, and and look at them in an objective way. Where somebody's like, "Oh, I love I love taking psychedelics," and it's just that. Also, verbalize them into a to a palatable idea right and you're trying you know you're, you're thinking on metaphysical in you know, you know metaphysical terms and talking about metaphysics but you're also open to the idea of this just being manifestations from your own consciousness or your subconscious mm. or whatever the case may be so i think you're pretty mature about it but yeah i just wanted to point that out that um you know i think some do you do you think it has to do with age too so like if i'm old let's say i'm in my 30s or my 40s and i'm taking psychedelics obviously i'm more mature I understand the world a little bit more. Do you think that has that same, like an effect too, where maybe my Truman show would be different than your Truman show because of all the different things that we've experienced, you know, the differences mm. between us? Totally. I imagine so. Um, I think the way in which we communicate with um, whatever the state is, um, like, we have to just pick out the things that we have in common with other people because there's going to be so many nuances which are only related to us as individuals. Um, and, like, you know, there is actually, even though I'm talking about this Truman Show effect as if it's um, only connected with psychedelics, it's actually pretty common within um, clinical psychology to talk about um, the Truman Show delusion, mm. uh, which is related to um, a specific delusion that schizophrenics have. Sure. Um, and this is obviously only come about after the Truman Show has been released. Um, so I imagine that, uh, obviously, if you're you're older, then you're going to have different interpretations. See, I'm young, so it's hard for me to know, you know, right. how that's going to change as I, as I get older. They say you can't be wise and young. That's probably true. But um, I think... Um, I, I think also it's very easy if you... Uh, 
born in a certain mindset and that just becomes your truth and you don't challenge that over 30 years 40 years 50 years when somebody if you take a psychedelic that tries to challenge that um you're more inclined to just dismiss the entire psychedelic experience as just a delusion rather than to uh, incorporate it into your life um so i think that's another thing because obviously the, the most common um what would you say, interpretation of this sort of psychedelic experience like the Truman Show effect is that it is just totally crazy. It's just a hallucination and you shouldn't um, incorporate anything from it more than you would incorporate uh, a message from a dream. Um, it's hard for me to do that though simply as I've talked to you guys about the fact that it's just so interwoven with the way I perceive reality when I'm sober um, that I really, I can't, there's not like, I can't draw a fine line between the, the two states, that they are the same state. One of them just um, seemingly contradicts the other. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I mean, I've, I've made videos where, like, I've gone ahead and interpreted this experience as well because um, I think I think there probably is, like, this underlying message of truth under these states, and it's trying to communicate with us, but it's just so uh, profound that it has to find a way to translate its message. And so, you know, that's why we have this Truman Show effect. It's not like everyone's literally actors, mm -hmm. you know, where they're just, they're all acting in my reality, but I'm going to perceive it that way. And, and then we have to try and figure out why we're perceiving it that way. You know, because obviously if you guys are watching this, if I'm saying to myself, I'm the only person who exists, everyone else is just an actor in my reality, obviously I'm going to be dismissed straight away because that's just not the truth. Right. But, uh, but the, if um, solipsism, let's say, is uh it, it has any grounding in fact then the version of you that i'm perceiving right now isn't necessarily you it's right. the you that i've imagined and right. it's based on the real you but it's just a you that i'm imagining and that's the you that i always perceive and when i take psychedelics that's the you that will become the actor why is it becoming the actor because it's informing me that it's not actually the real you it's just the you that I've interpreted and created in my mind. It's just the uh, you that's acting as you. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> that makes sense. Bro. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I was actually, that last point you made was something I was going to jump to right after you got done talking, but you got to it yourself. So yeah, no, that's a, um, a good point. And again, I mean, do you know that you mentioned uh, people with psychological issues? So that didn't, the Truman Show effect didn't, obviously the movie, it's based on the movie, the Truman Show, but that didn't, it wasn't called something else before that or people didn't have that idea before or that's one of the biggest discussions whether or not um it was already like a prevailing um um there's got to be a twilight zone or about that or something I, I, know, I know it's that's that's the thing like we we don't know we just don't know um because it, i doubt that somebody's going to watch a movie and become you know, schizophrenic or have this certain delusion just because they've watched that film. I right. think they're inclined to yeah. that sort of paranoid mind, but then that paranoia is shaped by the film. That's what yeah, I but I was just anyway. curious if, if that had if that had been a real thing beforehand, meaning that there could still be a, an original movie called The Truman Show, but people had been thinking that they there's actors in their life and they weren't real before that even yeah. existed that's all i was no 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 i know that's what you're asking i'm saying i, I think that um the show uh, had an it, influence on people that I were already so. okay yeah, yeah no i mean that makes yeah. sense but um, it's hard to say because before i watched the truman show i always had like a little bit of a sense like that everybody's 
act like I always it's very common I think for people to just think to themselves are you just acting like I, I remember one of my friends said that to me because we both had the same feeling that sure. we were just acted in each other's movie even though I hadn't seen the Truman Show at that point so who knows who knows right no um so when you had how many times has this happened to you just one couple or after that uh, trip, every time I had um, a psychedelic and it went to like a more intense state, it would always come back to these the, these entities, these actors that I talk about are the machine. Elves. And it didn't matter whether it was LSD or psychedelic or um, psilocybin or DMT. Does it happen on so, DMT yeah. too, or DMT? Same thing when I came out of the so. But that's weird, DMT, right? Because it's not this. You're not walking around and like it's, it's something that you, it's completely in your own mind. It's crazy. It is crazy. DMT, the, um, it was very interesting. The first time I smoked it, it was two weeks after I had that, you know, running through the streets naked on acid. Um, and that time I ran through the streets naked on acid, the thoughts and the people that were all telling me that I was going to turn into white light forever and ever. Um, but then the ambulance picked me up and um, I ended up just like thinking a binary code and like it just it just did not go in the direction that i thought it would mm. um and i woke up in the next two weeks for like i was just embarrassed mm -hmm. then i did dmt and uh as soon as i did the dmt uh the same entities but in a totally different form came up to me whispered in my ear and just took me to the white light became white light for ever and ever um and then when i came out of that white light i was running through the streets naked again and I was like, oh, fuck, like I've done it again. Like, <laughs> like this isn't good. But um, then I realized I was looking around and I was like, wait, this is a memory I'm in. Um, and as soon as I realized that, the whole scenery transformed and I was in another memory in the drive through. Then it transformed again. And then I was sitting on the couch smoking the DMT. So that's crazy. Yeah. So it was so real that you thought it was real life happening again. But in reality, it was just a memory that you had that was being relived. Absolutely. And um, it was so, so sorry. It was um, so real that when I came to with the pipe in my hand on the couch, um, I, I wasn't sure if I was in a memory or real life. <laughs> <laughs> Is it very similar to a dream? No, um, it's more like right now. Uh, if I was in the memory, it, it's like right now. I only ask because I'm wondering if DMT is released when you dream so I could see no, some. I mean, I've dead. I think that they've looked into that a decent amount. I don't think that there's ever been any. I mean, it can be they put through the studies that they've recently done. The the University of Michigan did the one recently with the near death for the rat or rodent, where they mm -hmm. induced cardiac uh -huh. arrest, and then they re, they were able to find out that DMT could be produced in the brain in general because the I the, I think it's the enzymes in is what was needed, and they found out that those enzymes were there. So. Um, it wasn't just the pineal gland. It was the whole brain that could have produced DMT in, in the rats. Now, oh, how does that relate to human beings? I don't know. Maybe we produce more. Maybe we produce less. I mean, uh, but... So, so did but they, it was, sorry, did they, did it, they find that the DMT was only released in the near death or was it just uh, it was, always there? I think it, it was the near, it was the cardiac arrest. So, and, and the thing too, that from studying near-death experiences and doing our show and having researchers on like Dr. Penny Sartori and Dr. Evan mm -hmm. Alexander and all these people. Um, it seems like cardiac arrest is actually um, associated with the, the traditional near death experience where you see the white light and all that stuff. Um, 
so when people have those experiences, a lot of them are because of cardiac arrest. So I'm not saying all of them people have drowned and had similar instances and stuff like that, but that's just a high, high number of them. I'm not saying that that's what's causing it either, but there could be some correlation there. I would definitely, mm. if I was doing scientific experiments, I would definitely be looking into that. Well, so. let's get some rats, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, for the, all the the animal people out there, I mean, I don't. I would never want to kill anything. I feel so. No, no, I know, I know. Yeah, it's, I uh, swerve around chipmunks and squirrels and stuff. So, but yeah, well, I they mean, teach you in driver's ed that squirrel must die. So, don't true. don't risk your own life. <laughs> Keep driving. No, straight, no, baby. of course. A couple times it's worked out in my favor, though. I remember I was driving back uh, to Michigan from Chicago one time and it was like the dead of winter and it was like two o'clock in the morning and my wife's sleeping next to me and a deer just walks out right in front. Uh, we're going like 75 and it took two steps and you're supposed to run through it, even though you could mess yourself up too. But mm-hmm. I, sw- I just pulled like a little, like a little bit, like a 20 degree little thing and kicked it back and boom, went right around it. But yeah, that's, closest i've ever been to anything so you, you you were fine though you didn't crash or anything like that no no i mean it was okay. and it, it right. was icy and stuff it just it was the most the deer helped me out by taking a couple more steps to like halfway to the other lane so i was able to just do nice. a little b- bump around it you know yeah, uh, your spidey sense was tingling yeah oh well i mean when you're talking about like t- we're talking about psychedelics and like time dilation that's the one time in real sure life that 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 happened to me without psychedelics or like meditation or altered states was that time because when i saw that deer instantly everything like slowed down it was almost like you're in like a simulation or a video game it's like you're playing tiger woods golf and you hear the heartbeat it's like doom 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 the approach and it's just rolling closer and closer and then you know that's the but that's kind of that's weird that i'm that we brought that up but that's the only other time that really my time has been thrown off in terms of reality Mm. outside Mm. of psychedelics does that have ever happened to either one of you where i'm trying to think i mean for me not as noticeable as that um um i think it's usually just like if i'm doing something boring then it's like it feels like two hours and then it's only been like 10 minutes yeah um, and if i'm doing something fun like these last five years have gone by ridiculously fast when i compare how time is flowing in high school right. compared to how the last five years of, oh uh, just get by. ready bro it's gonna get nutty it's all oh, about no. ratios <laughs> so when you're a year old or you're five years old all you've known is the five years that you've lived your life and yeah every year gets true. older yeah, one year is a fifth of your life not one year yeah is the, a the, al- of my life. exactly the algorithm just keeps cranking so it's going to keep getting faster and faster that crap's crazy, man. It's ridiculous. It's scary. Plus, if, you're, if you get into stuff that you enjoy, too, time really flies because you're always engaged in something that taking your full attention. So, so th- yeah, again, when you're, when you're in school, that clock is just ticking away and it's yes. going super slow. But If I had to yeah. guess, though, my adrenaline was kicking in. Something, it was some endogenous things happening in my body when that happened that definitely had that effect yeah exactly some chemical have you but that's so that's what i'm saying have you ever been in like almost about to get into an accident or some danger experience that was about to happen and it didn't or something like you ever have that um honestly we're like man i could have died you know like that kind of it's 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 rare for my adrenaline to pump up like i've been in maybe a couple of fights where um no, the time didn't really slow down, though. Those um, ones are weird, too, because it would have to be, like, somebody trying to jump you, and then you're, 
You know what I'm saying? Like it couldn't be yeah. you're just pissed off and you're gonna start a fight because I don't think it would have the same effect. But You'd let's say ramp no. up, let's say you're walking down the street and somebody yeah. jumps up on you or tries to jump you or whatever, your adrenaline's yeah. gonna be cranking and that's a near death experience in itself in the sense that you have to it's fight or flight. Like you gotta figure that out. Yeah. So no, I'm over I, to no, tr- happened. Come to Detroit, baby, you'll see something. <laughs> um yeah. So, have you ever have you had any recent experiences? Like, um, have you been doing any psychedelics, um, or is this just all from your memory bank of old, older stuff that's happened? I've done new stuff. I I tend not to talk about new stuff because I I take a while to process um, the stuff. It's pretty, but, it's um, pretty noble. <laughs> uh, the the recent mushroom trip I had um, was again like these. Uh, uh, that's probably about. Um, maybe a month ago, or maybe even longer. But, um, yeah, I ended up meditating on the Arsenal light. And um, I remember, like, uh, I saw all my friends coming up to me. Or not, I only remember one friend. But there was, like, all the, like, I was seeing 2D visuals. Mm. And uh, all of a sudden, the 2D visuals stopped being 2D and just instantly went 3D. And, like, uh, they just, like, reached in for me and touched me. And everything was going crazy in the background. Um, And then... Yeah, and then it just like slowly went back into 2D, and then I was like, "Whoa, that was crazy!" So as soon as that happened, I like kind of prepped myself and got ready to to have like a more a deeper meditation. And uh, I remember when I started up again, um, there was like these line of people, and I was laying on the floor, and it was just a totally white room, and um, uh, all the all, all these people were coming up and leaning over and uh, touching me. And then like walking away. And then I remember one of them was my friend and just came down, touched him on my chest and then just walked away and felt, you know, very real, very visceral and really had like contained his essence. Um, and that's the interesting thing. I actually related that experience to the machine oils as well. Mm. Um, it seems like for me, I always relate uh, the machine oils to the white, this white room, this white space. Because, um, of course, I relate the Truman Show experience to the machine else, but they were telling me I was going to go into a white light forever and ever. And that's eventually where I went. Um, I think the white light, for me, uh, represents the eternal moments. That is also based on a trip I had recently, but again, I'm still processing it. Um, and it, it, it's it's very weird. It's like the, the eternal moment is this. It, it's Everything has already happened. Mm-hmm. Yet we're experiencing time with this like linear time perception. Um, and maybe this relates to a sort of delusion I had once when I was tripping with my girlfriend in the past. And I remember I was sitting there at a table at a um, fish shop with a, a fish and chips place. And um, some people were wo- walking past and they were talking. And I remember as they were talking, it felt like they were these, uh, the, I was hearing the voices of these doctors who were operating on me on my death, like on, on this like operating table as I was dying. And I've always had visions of this, 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 this surgery space where these doctors are operating on me and there's a bright white light down in my face and I can just feel these, these doctors, um, around me, these, and they are also what I interpret as the machine elves. But this place is like, uh, I think it represents like this the, the the place outside of time. It's the eternal moment outside of time perception. Um, and for some reason, this is perhaps like this simulation or this game that we're playing. We leave the eternal moment and we invent, you know, 
um, linear time perception, even though we are always connected to the eternal moment. You can see why I take a damn lot while to process my, my stuff. Sure. It comes out jumbled if I don't. <laughs> no, what kind of dosage were you going on those mushies? What's the, um, it wasn't that much. It would have been like um, probably was under three grams or something like that. You know? That's a little decent little slug. It was. It was. I think when you meditate on it as well, it, it can enhance the effects quite a bit. Right. Yeah. As, if, as long as you let go, like, honestly, you don't need much at all to be able to go um, uh, deep on psychedelics if you are able to just let go. Yeah. Probably same with sober. When you're sober, if you're able to totally let go, you'd probably just go to the same place anyway. Two point. Well, yeah, we just did an episode on uh, meditation, talking about getting there without using any substances. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if you uh, did, he, did that, he say something similar? Oh, I mean, it, it was just us two, but we were talking. I was talking about my personal meditation um, techniques and stuff like that, and how there's different ones. Mine's more like um, focused or visionary, where I'm using it to figure out creative things in my life. I mean, you can meditate and just completely zone out too or the buddhist way or transcendental meditation there's a lot of different um forms and that's what we were talking about but um mm. when i've t taken psychedelics and meditated in darkness it's been pretty intense um yeah even if you yeah. ate like 2.5 is like a good dosage uh, i think uh, 2.5 i mean i've pushed myself when i was younger i mean i've done 10 the most i've done is 10 dried which was a lot that was jesus man uh but i've done five i've, I've done i've done five uh, a decent amount when i was younger um and that's a good one too but now that i'm older i'm kind of a, a pussy so um nah, don't say pussy because i can't do the same doses as i could when i was young as well and i'm no, trying to just, just I <laughs> I explained it is this is that when you don't do something as much anymore and you've experienced enough of it there's just you don't need it. You know, same thing with growing up, you know, smoking weed and, um, uh, doing that kind of thing, taking edibles and stuff. You, you know, push yourself a lot more. Now it's yeah. like, I now don't do it as much. Yeah. And it's, it's more pleasant and it's more enjoyable. Yeah. And um, you're also like, why waste it? I'm going to get as just as high. I might as well just get, get, get the buzz I'm looking for and then shut her down. Right. Yeah. I mean, so I talk about this 10 grams though. Uh, I've talked about it a little bit um, on here before. That one, okay. So I've done ten, and I've done a, I've done a quarter twice. So I did ten. When I did ten, it was in the woods. We were on a camping trip. Uh, it was like the Fourth of July. It was we was with Maurice and some of our other friends from high school, um, and uh, I had a decent amount, and I had I gave some to some of my other friends and stuff too. But I remember taking specifically a portion that I had set aside that was 10. Because I first, when I ate it, I ate, I think, four. And then when I got into it, I'm like, fuck this. And then I just ate the rest of it. Um, everything kind of disappeared. It, I was looking at a tree, and it just turned into, like, one pattern. And then that one pattern, like, spread mm. to everything. And then pretty soon it was just everything was one thing. Um mm. And I was just sitting there uh, in like a camping chair um, at the campsite for like a long time. I couldn't walk. I couldn't do um, anything. I was just sitting there. Um, but I remember, yeah, just this like feeling of like complete peace and serenity. And you would think it would be um, 
crazy and i did have crazy close-eyed visuals but i was oddly calm i remember throughout the whole thing you were in a good spot maybe i was was in the woods yeah maybe i was in the woods maybe it was because i wasn't next to a river there was no danger or anything um Mm. so uh maybe that was part of it you know set and setting that's what they say so um, totally yeah yeah wow uh but yeah so that that's pretty much I'm, i'm just trying to think of anything yeah just this complete so i see this you know, non-duality or this like Hindu thought of like oneness or Buddhist thought of oneness. I kind of get that in a, in a, when you have those experiences. Cause th- I did feel that like everything was this one thing, this one energy, this one, all there is, is this one thing. Um, mm-hmm. and then coming down, um, yeah, I just crazy at that time we were more into like music and, being musicians and stuff like that so it was a little bit more music focused in my mind but um yeah it was 20 years ago too yeah it was a long time ago um since that time in my 20s i had done seven grams a couple times and both those times were very intense um one time in college and i walked home from her cousin's house all the way back to my apartment um which is not a it's probably like a three mile walk um yeah, it's about two, two and a half, maybe, maybe and, three. And that was like a that felt like I was like Fivel going west. I don't know if you get the reference. It's an old school um, cartoon movie, but it was just this like think of like any Disney movie that's like a journey, and you're like a cartoon animal, and that's pretty much what that was like. Was just walking through. It's Did like you... <laughs> or or Lord of the Rings or something where you're just like my quest was to get home. Um, yeah. So yeah, it probably took forever in your mind. Yeah. 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 So did you feel like, um, you've had, uh, more intense trips then? Uh, like, like, did you feel like you, a seven gram or a five gram trip was more intense than your 10 gram trip at, at any point? Um, I think the 10, the 10 one, it just, I had no control over, mm. Like even mm-hmm. the seven, I still had some semblance. I was able to walk and know where I was walking. Right. If you know, I mean, yeah. yeah, there was shit happening, but I was able mm-hmm. to get through it. Um, Ten grams was just totally. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, I, I don't even know if it was the dosage or again if it was just the peacefulness of the surroundings and everything. If maybe that had that effect on I me, mean, I, I can't say uh, for sure. Have I had other? I've had more intense experiences where my visuals and stuff were more intense but that was, i think one was a mdma experience after a concert and i was seeing these like uh i had closed eyed vis there were like the craziest closed eye visuals of uh these like multicolored jellyfish just floating around and then it moved from outside of my just my closed eye consciousness and i could feel them in the room too um Wow. I, I don't yeah, usually show sure it was MDMA. Yeah, yeah, I don't usually talk about this kind of stuff, but yeah, it was. Um, Maurice, get Michael sir. to come out of his shell. Maurice, yes, Maurice, Maurice <laughs> took some too. That was uh, that was some powerful. Was a good time. Yeah, it was some powerful. Did stuff. you also get uh, visuals and, and things like that, Maurice? Uh yeah, this kid flipped out. We both flipped out, but he he flipped out. Well, I had, a, I had a little anxiety on the um, on the upcome, <laughs> but after that, no, it was pretty sweet. It was a good time. I was at a concert and I just enjoyed myself. But yeah, when you if you put yourself in dark situations, I've seen some some visuals on that stuff. Because a lot of people don't take it as a psychedelic, but it can have there can be some visual nature to it. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, even me, I, I remember my friend uh, put a whole bunch of MDMA into a, um, in a, into a teacup. And he was, he's the same guy who are kind of like uh, encouraged me to do the three tabs. He just, he wanted me to always like just trip nuts. And um, Yeah, that guy. Remember, we all have that friend. That, yeah, that guy. A real uh, Ari uh, Shafir type, just dosing <laughs> that's people. That's yeah. So he, he always warned me. He was like, look, if you're chilling with me, just know if you're like um, smoking a bong, I may have accidentally put some DMT in there. Jeez, like just a heads up. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, that's not a joke, bro. Don't go uh, to that guy's house. Everything's a trap. <laughs> so uh, he like just put a whole bunch of MDMA in his teacup. I drank it. Um, and then he, he was just like looking at me with like a shocked face. He's like, bro, that's for the two of us. He's like, that was going to be an intense trip for the two of us. Like, uh, uh, just tell me how you feel. And, but it was a good trip, though, and I remember like having some wicked close-eyed visuals, um, but didn't have the same uh, profoundness as like as traditional psychs for me. It was just like they were they were like cool visuals, but uh, I couldn't like interpret any meaning or anything. Like I didn't feel like there was any meaning in it. Mm. Um, uh-huh. But uh, are you guys positive that you didn't maybe do MDA? Um, I, I to be honest with you, I didn't test it. This was back before stuff started getting real with all this uh people putting fentanyl and everything and all that oh, kind of yeah. stuff so i was more a little bit more brave than i would be now but um yeah i'm probably never even going to do it again but it was definitely one of the most intense experiences i don't know sp- the guy i got it from was this hippie guy that i kind of knew and um all the people that are part of that like jam band scene are pretty cool and they usually want to hook you up with you know uh, yeah the stuff that they're not trying to screw you over for the most part if you know people um and it was you know looked like the right color and um yeah based on my previous experiences it seemed like it was pretty pretty similar to those so who knows though but we took here's the thing is is like i had been taking it and um we both took i think i don't even know how much point two maybe point one uh, at the most yeah point two i think um but it was like really like yellow, hard, crystally. I don't know. Yeah, who yeah, knows? Good stuff. But I, yeah. I, I, I do know. <laughs> I, I do know this. It wasn't anything like crazy. My like heart wasn't racing. It wasn't like that. It was a very um, loving, peaceful, mellow. Fe- yeah, mellow feeling. But right. Right. when when I got to bed or when I tried to go to bed, it wasn't happening. And that's when the jellyfish. I just laid there, and the jellyfish kind of. Um, overtook the scenario. Did, was there was there any like uh, sick, like did were they just shallow visuals or do they feel like something? No, no, no. Uh, you know, like translucent jellyfish. Like you'll see like a a sick documentary or something on TV, and these like multicolored. They're clear, but they've got like a tinge to them. You know, totally, it was yeah. kind of like that. I've also seen um like a serpent like that too squiggling around um in a different psychedelic but they're both like translucent these translucent like um i don't know how to explain it multicolored technical colored something along those that's that's so interesting when you when you described the jellyfish i I was thinking of there's this trip report online of this guy who um had took dmt and had these he was describing something similar i can't remember how but he was like saying dmt jellyfish of some kind came down and cleaned him of his negative energy Mm. um and i've heard a lot of trip reports of people saying rainbow serpents have done the same for them when they take an ayahuasca right they come in jump inside their their um, body and then 
uh, leave and they've taken the negative energy out of them. Wonder if there's a connection there. Yeah, it's like you the coaxial swallowing you. And yeah, I mean these are all just taking yes. away the certain yeah. ar- like archetype. And when I say archetype, it could mean more. I'm not saying it doesn't. It's it could be more than just the way your brain's categorizing it, or right. uh, or it could be that. I don't know. I, I you know I, I hate to say oh I have the answers or these are just personal experiences. I can tell you that weird stuff happens in these realms that doesn't happen in day-to-day consciousness. And I can also tell you that um, I've seen things in meditation too that are similar. So it's this idea of calming mm-hmm. the mind, this like I, this thinking, like we, we overthink on a day-to-day basis. So when you're able to just not think and just be is when you start mm-hmm. to experience kind of all these things. So Yeah, exactly. I mean, even onto archetypes like calling into question what is an archetype because I think we like to cast uh, archetypes off as uh, you can it's very easy to say these experiences are constructs of the mind because they are archetypes but you know this utilization of archetypes that's not just being used for psychedelic states it's probably being used for a you know sober life so it's like um, you know you you have a mom you have a dad you recognize a familiar energy in them to maybe another uh, older woman an older guy and all of a sudden, you categorize them in a certain way. And um, like I remember my um, godparents um, had a very similar vibe to them as my parents when I was growing up. And they seemed really similar people. Now that I'm older, I can see that they were never really that similar at all. But I totally – they just seemed very similar when I was young. And that's probably the archetype being utilized there. It's just right. uh, everyone we know, we probably slip into a certain category. Um, and uh, all of a sudden we perceive them a certain way. Because I remember I had this one trip which kind of goes in back into the uh, solipsism thing. I remember I took this substance called DOB, which is uh, psychedelic amphetamine, and I was uh, chilling with my friend, the, the guy who liked to freaking drug everyone, and uh, he was having a conversation with me in, in the woods. And all of a sudden it felt like like everything was turning into like um, patterns um, and I started seeing something in front of him as he was speaking to me and it it looked like a funnel and it was like going in, you know, the funnel was coming in one end and then uh, opening up again, coming out to me. And what it seemed to be be, uh, doing as I noticed the funnel, his, his words lost all meaning and the connection between each one of his words uh, was abolished. And so I could only like understand each word as he was speaking it. Uh, independently so instead of him saying these sentences that i could understand i could just recognize the words by themselves isolated right and in that moment i realized every conversation i've ever had i've constructed the meaning of their sentence spoken to me they've only ever spoken these isolated words but then they put it together and i've invented the meaning of their sentence and it's like um um like even the words themselves, even the meaning they have, like I haven't looked up in the dictionary of every single one of those words. It's like I've had a meaning that I've created as I've grown up for what those words mean. Right. So everyone I've ever had a conversation with, it's just I'm literally listening to myself. They may mean something entirely different to what I think, but I'm just having this conversation with myself over and over and over again. And that's what this funnel seemed to be representing was this like the way that they have one meaning and then you interpret it in a totally different way. And yet somehow... It keeps us, we are still able to communicate with one another uh, in this um, connected way as to not seem like we're just talking to ourselves. 
and to seem like if he gets excited and giddy, then all of a sudden I get excited and giddy. So it seems like we're having this connected conversation, even though we might be just listening to ourselves. But for me, this is what like true love, as cheesy as this freaking sounds, I have this idea that true love, when you, you when you meet your soulmate or something like that, you finally actually start listening to what each other's saying. You actually start understanding mm. uh, their true self. It's like for the first time you stop having a conversation with yourself, you actually understand the meaning of another person or something like that. You're right. There's that idea that yeah, that that idea for me is is in my head. So I definitely feel that way about my wife. Happy Valentine's right. Day, Amanda. Um, <laughs> yeah, here we go, boys. And uh, no, but what you're saying is true. So I had a meditation experience where I was trying to just be, and then all of a sudden I started to have these feelings of like, almost like. I was listening to myself talk outside of my body as her listening to myself. So when you love somebody, um, when you love somebody uh, the way you're talking Here about we go it, with the song lyrics, you love them. Um, that's that is what true love is. But it's also you're loving somebody as much as you love yourself. So some people say, oh, maybe they they don't have love for themselves or they hate themselves. But the way you carry your life um or the way you like live every day like you have to love yourself or else you know i know people have mental issues and you know commit suicide and have terrible things happen and all that but you're loving that person as much as you're loving yourself which is i think the ultimate is is the ultimate love you're, you're you can't, it's indistinguishable so that's what this idea of like two people becoming one i think that's what that is yeah yeah. So do you exactly. think you have to fully love yourself before you can love someone else? <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah, but that fluctuates. So there's been time. Obviously, there's hard times. No, even though I had that amazing experience and it like showed me this thing, and then it's like two weeks later you get in a huge fight. There, that's inevitable. That's just called life. You know, there's external yeah. factors happening every single day that you can't control. So you just have to do your best no i'm saying could you have to love yourself totally before you can actually go out and i think you have to your, know what a significant it, other i think you have to know what it's like to love yourself like that okay that makes sense like maybe you don't do it yeah. every day or twice a week or whatever the case may be but just to know that feeling i think is is what's necessary so you can recognize it in another person exactly exactly right right no it is interesting i guess like for me, this is kind of like the whole law of attraction thing because everyone's caught up in this um, law of attraction where it's like you think in a certain way and the universe meets your energy and gives you blah, blah, blah. But for me, it's I think it's more like, um, you know, if someone's giving you love and you are not on that level inside your mind, you, you just you don't interpret that love from them. You don't accept that love from them. You can't accept that love from them and naturally you push them away. It's uh, it's just like if you don't listen to another person, you don't think they're going to be listening to you, um, and that's how you yeah, interpret everything. Point. Yeah, it's it's like that, you know. Um, but yeah, hopefully I can draw take something out of this because uh, I'm single and uh, I, I, you know, I don't mind. You'll be all right, all. bro. You'll be yeah. all right. <laughs> I'm 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 nice and busy, but um, I met this nice <laughs> I met this nice chick at work yesterday, um, and she ended up having a uh, partner because I. I was going, she was an artist, so I was going through her Instagram with her and just seeing a photo of the same guy over and over. I was like, dang it. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw her and I was like, yeah. You never know, man. Just uh, be a, 
Yeah, you you're a person young, and better young. Yeah, so. just be yourself. Be a good person. You never know what can happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're young. I uh, I think that I've been. Um, well, I've been married for a couple of years now, so I've been like four different people since I was in my what graduated from high school, eighteen or whatever, full adult. I've been four different people since then, so. Um, I think that when you look at like people getting divorced or breaking up or hard to be in a committed relationship or whatever, I think you have to be in the right place mentally, meaning that you have to go through these different like, um, hurdles of, of personal, um, like a personal quest, if you will, or like uh, Joseph Campbell's the man with the thousand phase or, you know, that kind of a thing where you have to go through this like journey of like what it means to be a person and stuff like that. Some people never figure it out either. And those people are just oblivious and maybe they found somebody that's attractive that they think that they truly love, but in really it's just more physical in nature than um, deep down. But uh, I guess my point is, is you, I wouldn't, unless you find somebody that just blows, you know, the door down and you're like, this is awesome. Uh, I, I can't live without this person. I'd say just take your time, man. There's there's no rush for any of that. And I think the more you force that kind of stuff, the less you get what you want anyways. So. I feel that as well. Yeah, you find I mean, it when you're least looking. It's probably true. I know my last partner, I was looking for, I'd been single for ages and I was like, stuff it. I am over being single. Just hit up Tinder a lot and then <laughs> um, uh, met my ex-girlfriend it was a good relationship but um um you know i think for i I just got to a point where i was like you know we're talking about freaking kids and marriage and i was like i I just don't i'm not in love with i don't think i'm in love with her well that's good that um, it's good that you know that number one and good there's some people that know that and never do anything about it and just continue i reckon so man i reckon so yeah it's better when you have kids and then you realize it Yes, you got nowhere yeah. to go. Yeah, no, it, it, and even knowing that, it was still the hardest freaking thing to break up with her. What? Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's like it. a drug, man. It's a, it, it, in a sense, it is love. It's you get addicted to it. You're constantly yeah. with someone. You see them every single day, and even if you know that it's not totally, totally right for you in the long run, it's still always going to be difficult to get over that. So. Totally. I mean, it's that comfort. It's like um, if you want to relate it to a drug, a drug is at least. No matter how shit life goes, you always know you can have that hit of uh, euphoria at the end of the day. It's like, well, yeah. you know, you got that girl. No matter how shit your day is, at least you got somebody to say it's all good. Come to bed, and we'll just chill out, and um, yeah, and everything will be fine. So I mean, a, a lot of people take love for granted, anyways, too. You know, there's a lot of people on a lot of like the psychedelic form forums and stuff. Like I'll see them like preaching love. And then a couple days later, they're getting in a fight with somebody in the comments section about something, <laughs> something like trivial that doesn't even yeah. matter. So it's, it, it's this like fake. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, it, it just shocks me that people can preach that they're like psychonauts or that they, they've done the work or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And then they're still assholes or they still fight with people about stupid little things that don't even matter in the scheme of, you know, it's that Sorry kind of, ment- I yeah. just shot like, so as much as I, I like the psychedelic community, I think there's a lot of cool people in it. There's a lot of fellow podcasters and people that, you know, authors and people writing books and all sorts of awesome things. It's maybe it's just the, the people on Facebook or social media. Maybe it's just those people, but, um, they shine sometimes brighter than 
the real people. So yeah, I mean, I think there's the the problem with psychedelics is they can give you definitely like a grand like you, there's a sense of grandeur through the experience where you're like, oh, now I've become enlightened. Like you know, right. I, I I had yeah. this experience, I saw these entities that must mean I'm enlightened and I know the truth. And then you're navigating life, and obviously you're coming up with against people who doubt you, um, and these voices of doubt make you doubt yourself. So then all of a sudden you got you just see these comments of people who are like, they'll make a post. I um. Uh, I took DMT last night, first time becoming enlightened, life mm-hmm. will never be the same again. Somebody's like, enlightenment's bullshit, and they're like, fuck you, screw you, kill yourself. <laughs> so, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, that, that, that totally sounds like that, that changed but, um, quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, for me, I don't I don't even know if, uh, if enlightenment is, um, at least in the way that we perceive reality, I don't even know if it's sober, uh, possible. I was having this like experience the other night where I was like yeah. falling asleep. And you know when you start having like those weird thoughts or when you fall asleep and you're just saying random stuff? Right. Um, I was like talking to my voice as I was falling asleep, the, the voice in my head as I was falling asleep. And it was like, what are you? Like, like it was like, kind of like, are you my shadow or something like that? And um, the voice is kind of like, I am that which you interpret or something like that. Um, and then it, for some reason it just held resonated. And like I quickly woke up and I was like, whoa, what's that mean? And somehow uh, I got the sense that um, everything I will ever experience is just kind of like a shadow cast from my authentic self. Mm-hmm. So even the, these deep psychedelic states when you're like in the white light or whatever, it's really, it's just, uh, it's just your interpretation of some authentic, something authentic. And, and everything that we are self-aware of is just this reflection of the real thing. It was something like that. Again, I'm still processing. Damn. So I don't, pretty heady stuff bro that is interesting i had this weird thing happen go ahead i was gonna say that's sweet that you can uh, remember that stuff too everything that surrounds my sleep i i have a hard time remembering (laughs) it exactly well if you smoke if you smoke right before you go to bed you're probably not going to dream or at least remember it um but so oh i know what i was going to say the other night I took an edible and uh, I was standing in my kitchen in the dark and I had this weird thought that what if our realities are pieces of other people's dreams? How do you mean? Oh, that's a song idea. <laughs> so like maybe when people dream, they're just tapping into other people's realities. And since I don't know about you, but when I dream, I'm usually not like aware of my own body and stuff. It's just like an awareness or like a consciousness for me at least. So Mm. I had this thought that like, what if this first person point of view is you entering into other people's realities while you're sleeping? Mm. Mm. Interesting. So like when you're, when you dream though, almost like you're an observer, but of somebody else's actual life, if that makes sense. Actually, you have like, like you don't there, be, you don't become the person, but you are just like observing that you know that consciousness. Interesting, interesting. Actually, I would, yeah, I could imagine something like that. Like if we're talking about like this idea that we don't actually know how other people perceive reality, right? If you fall, you know, like they may perceive reality totally, like in this this altered state of consciousness. It was a fascinating concept that one. Or, but the way I was thinking about it is this, is that I have had so many weird dreams where I don't know even where the set and setting and some of the themes came from, you know, they're not places I've been to, or they're like constructed places that 
I wouldn't have even thought of or haven't seen in my life. So where did this come from? So this idea that um, you're like hitching a ride into somebody else's reality while they just don't know maybe what do you want to call it remote viewing or out of body experience or whatever, whatever the case may be. But yeah, just that kind of a concept and you can maybe jump around because I've had nights where I've had weird different dreams where there's like two or three different completely different scenarios. So, you know, what the mind could be capable of course of like, um, like, what would you say? Using like recognizing patterns from your, like from your world and then creating something new. Based I've, on I've thought patterns. about that for sure. I'm, I'm de- but, look I, again, yeah. I'm, I'm probably, I'm, that's why we do the show. I like to keep one foot, you know, on the legit side of things and one fit foot into the mystical realm of things. Hmm. Um, hmm. But yeah, I've definitely thought about this idea that what you're saying, like it could be an amalgamation of different places or things that I've seen just kind of constructed into one, but how does the mind construct it into like, in a state or some place in England I've never been to or seen that right. doesn't look like anything uh, even on a TV show or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right. Is the mind, yeah, well, is the mind I, yeah. that good that even when you're sleeping, it can put things together that didn't exist? I don't know. Maybe really it is, Michael. Yeah, I really <laughs> There's, uh, I remember I was talking to one of my Patreons and he, um, really smart guy. Like he's this dude in his sixties or seventies, I think. And he's just like, um, um, uh, I don't know, like a real intellectual type of fellow, but um, he was telling me about this um, uh, vision some guy had. And of course, like I have to admit, every time I hear something like this, where it just like exists outside of the realm of like what you think is uh, possible, I like immediately I'm doubtful. But I, this is a guy I trust, and and he reckons there he heard the story of um, or read about the story of somebody who he trusts. Uh, where they had like this remote viewing, they were inside the hospital being operated on and they astral projected what left their body and then like floated to the top of the roof. And they saw something on the top of the roof. I can't remember what it was. It may have been like a yellow ball or something. And, um, and then later he, he, you know, after the surgery, he was just way too curious about the whole experience. So he found a way to get to the roof. Um, and yeah, sure enough, the ball that he um, saw when he astral projected was there. Hmm. Yeah, um, we've heard stuff like that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that sort of stuff alludes to like this idea that there's a connection you can have um, uh-huh. with the outside external world, well, I mean, which has been masked by other people. The the our government studied remote viewing for years. They still look into that kind of stuff. I mean, they. I mean, who knows how 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 much they actually use it? But there's that documentary that came out third eye spies that talked about the uh stanford research institute and the, the all the work that was done by like help put off and um uh russell targ and all these like fame uh ingo swan all these guys that were able to um they could lock something in a vault like in completely different rooms and they could make out what was in there based on remote viewing and stuff like that. Ingo Swan was probably supposedly the best at it, but um, so like, what is the human mind capable of? That's um, and and people that do remote viewing swear by it. um, That if it's like, it's like training your mind to do something that it's not normally capable of doing. So, 
Well, supposedly, we're only using 20% of our brain, so yeah. Is that who knows? true, though? That might just be one of I those know, bunk statistics. I don't know if I... Yeah, I, I, I heard it was 5% last time. Like, 5%, time. yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> I don't even know if I if I believe that though I'm not because I don't think of it like that Uh, I'm far more likely to believe like what we've talked about a few times like we've had you on the show like uh, three times now four times and the the early one of the first or second times we talked about this idea that psychedelics release you of these like chains of this like maybe day-to-day pareidolia that's just locking you into this Mm-hmm. Um, the same filter, you know, and it allows you to see beyond that filter kind of a thing. So I'm far more likely to believe something like that, um, yeah. that we're just able to see more of a spectrum of what's actually there or what yeah. could be there or whatever yeah. the case may be. But again, all yeah. these things are just speculations. There's, they're going to continue to do all the research. And even then, what do we really know? We're just a bunch of uh, monkeys playing in labs and, Taking shit, taking taking drugs. Masturbation pretty recently. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, all the studies uh, allude to the fact that we use a hundred percent of our brain, but um, obviously, if you do something like psychedelics, you're like, oh crap! Like, there is so much more. So I'm inclined to think, yeah, it's you're using it all, but some part of your conscious self is just prohibited from accessing like a heck a lot of the information. Do you think that um, when you do all this stuff, so you make these videos, um, and you say it takes a long time to process how you think about your experiences and all that, um, are these themes, these things that you pick up, like the Adjustment Bureau or the Truman Show Effect or the DMT entities or all these things, obviously they're things you experience, but how do you do you conceptualize like had you had heard of the Truman Show thing before you had done it or after you had done it or is that something that just how it felt to you or what was going on there let me try and think about that one this is a hard one to answer because obviously I, I got a lot of this sort of um, like I had when I came out with the machine it was the first time everyone's like oh you just robbed that from Terrence McKenna but um, obviously I wouldn't be calling them machine knows had I not heard Terrence McKenna call them machinos. Um, but they're not actually not. like elves made out of machines. They're just this transformative thing that that's the best way to describe it, right? That's Precisely. I, yeah. Like, I have no idea why I called them machinos. Like, the only reason I can think of is that machinos, like when abbreviated, is, is M-E or me. And it's like this hilarious joke that they have, whatever mm. this intelligence is, which is actually just me. Um, and, and, but anyway, basically... Um, uh, I, th- I think, you know, had I not seen the Truman Show, um, I, I wouldn't be calling that, I wouldn't be calling it the Truman Show effect. I think, I, I think I, it was probably somebody in the comments who, who gave me that title. Mm. Um, I think when I, I just started talking about it on my, my first, my second trip report on the channel and everyone was saying, Oh, I know this, it's the cosmological Truman Show. Okay. Or, and, and yeah, the I would have related it to the adjustment bureau probably, um, but because so many people were saying Truman Show, and uh, when I heard that, like I was like that because that's totally is also what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I heard that, I was like, "Yep, that 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 is the sort of thing that they're talking about." Now, obviously, there's a lot of people who describes it in that way, and I, you know, I had to make sure that it was the same sort of experience. But I think the the um, main essence of it is this idea that everyone around you 
uh, are actors. Mm. Um, and that was definitely there before I saw the Truman Show. Um, I definitely had this sense that everybody's acting. But, of course, that's this main story in Truman Show, so it just makes sense to make that connection. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, because you could think about it, forget about each other, like you or me, are we real? But then think about um, what do we know beyond this plane of existence, you know, dimensions-wise? Is there other dimensions? Is there other life out there? Are, is somebody else actually watching us? Is somebody paying attention? I mean, that's a... That's probably this like um, the long, the deep down question. Yeah, it's probably yeah. one of this thi- these things, these common themes that we've been asking ourselves a long time, you know. And you could even relate that to God because most people associate yeah. um, somebody watching them as some divine power, or higher being, or uh, whatever primordial energy, whatever the case may be. Um, or Ed Harris. <laughs> <laughs> He would be he would be that primordial energy that old bastard. <laughs> He's the perfect guy for it. Good casting, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, again, these are some when you break it down. A lot of these things, um, there are these like overlapping, generic things. But then the interesting thing to me though is how concise and defined these concepts get. And still there is this commonality between people's experiences. I guess that's what interests me about it. It's not the fact that you could break it down as to just being this, but this idea that this weird thing happens to that many people on these substances. And um, it's happened to me on psilocybin. It happened to you on was LSD and uh, DMT. And you said once it got going, it was pretty much everything. everything yeah. um, and again, all these things play off of our, uh, HT2A um, uh, receptors or serotonin receptors. So it makes you wonder like what's going on with serotonin really. And most of our serotonins contained in our gut too. Um, so again, it's the, that, that old saying like trust your gut or that gut feeling. It's. And see, here's the thing as well though. Like um, my, my uh, nitrous, I, I've been playing around with names recently Um and you guys know about NANGs, nitrous oxide? I mean, I, I'm not a big nitrous fan. I mean, okay, so we're big f- fans of the band Fish. Uh, we've been following right. them since, you know, the early days in, like, the 90s. You get a lot of that on on the fish scene. You, It's called, you know, you've got, it almost sounds like an airport because there's all these people that have all these tanks and everybody's lined up and it's fi- $5 <laughs> a balloon and it's just, yeah. they call it yeah. hippie, they call Man. it, hippie, they call it hippie crack. Um, exactly. Yeah. And stuff. I'm not against it and I know people have done it, but I don't like it personally. I've done it a couple of times. No, I, so I never thought anything of the experience for me. There was like LSD, DMT, mushrooms, a few of those like serotonergic drugs. They take you to that mystical place. And then you've got prescription drugs, you've got names, you've got like synthetic, certain synthetic psychedelics. They take you to a different place. But then um, uh, I did uh, like, and I did it on my Instagram. I just wanted to do like a, some sort of trip report. And so I did like a couple of names in a single breath, one after the other. And uh, next thing, the exact same freaking place as the serotonergic drugs. Um, if I, I was reading a book at the time, um, Young Bloodhawk, and uh, Young Bloodhawk is about like this, um, just this, a super talented author who basically um, goes into becoming famous really fast and just becomes the next greatest author. And uh, in this trip, 
I really quickly just became young Bloodhawk, and I was sitting in this restaurant, and um, um, and the the machinos were around me, and again this information of like being your authentic self, um, following that true passion takes you to um, where you want to be, and all the, the sort of stuff that I always got when I was on the other stuff. Um, that that was just seeping through this experience, and then I came back too, and it was awesome because the experience felt like it lasted ages. But then I watched back on Instagram, mm-hmm. and literally I take it, and then two seconds later I'm just like, holy crap, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so after that, even names uh, uh, take me there now. So um, I really like it. Just it, it humbled me in, in terms of how I thought the brain worked because I have no freaking clue. I think the imagination has so much more domain over our reality than we realize. Like I think that there's sensory experience, there's, uh, you know, all of the, the non, um, all of the functions that have nothing to do with the imagination, they're all there. But us, as we exist and how we perceive reality, I think this is like, this is the imagination. We live in the imagination. Mm-hmm. We are the imagination. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's that, Yeah, that's a good point. Um and it's an interesting time to to be interested in this kind of stuff too because there's all this research going on. There's a psychedelic renaissance. It's being used for uh, mental people that have mental health issues. Um but when you look at like the research and stuff like that, I feel like we are on some weird transitional point in time where we're going to figure some things out and it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see where all, you know, where all this is going in terms of what the future is going to look like. Because, um, on one hand I can see it being super helpful for people with mental, um, issues, but I can also (laughs) see it aiding in the help of maybe visionary thinking. Maybe people start to microdose. Maybe people start to come up with better and better inventions, better and better ideas, that kind of a thing. And there, it could even push technology even further than it already is. Um, and maybe we get more answers on the nature of reality. I, I don't think, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't, I don't think there will ever be a time in human history where somebody figures it out. Do you think that there's like a, um, that there's like an a, objective meaning or an inherent truth that we're um, running towards? Or do you think we'll always be like one step behind, sort of thing? I think your it, guess. Your guess. I think. I, I think if when you're talking, if you're talking about us being able to understand the nature of reality, or is there this one objective like point in time where we're all funneling towards? I can honestly say um, I don't know, but my own opinion on it is that um, I think that there's a purpose to all this. I think if you look at evolution the whole objective is to survive and continue and keep pushing and keep um altering yourself keep genetically you know the the um, genetic mutations and then it leads to this and then it's oh, it's natural selection and it's always this trying to survive trying to survive trying to survive um why what's the point if it doesn't if it doesn't mean anything then what's the point so like from like a philosophical standpoint I do think that there is a purpose to all this so that, you know, in philosophy, you would call it teleology, the study of purpose. So I do think that there is this, there, there is some sort of purpose. What it is, um, I don't know. Um, I, obviously, if you look at the, the structures and the way things work based on what we know, um, 
maybe there is, maybe we serve some function that we're just not aware of to something else, or maybe um, there is just more out there. We know of three dimensions for sure, four dimensions if you want to count time. Maybe there's more dimensions beyond that. Um, there's a great mm. book, and it's old. I'm sure you, I think you can find it for free on Kindle. It's called Flatland uh, by Edwin A. Abbott. Um, and it's, you know, this idea we're talking about dimensions and like being able to observe different planes. And we, if there was a fifth dimension, we couldn't, we might be able to see certain corners and little things here and there, but the picture would be very, um, we couldn't pick up on it like you would. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Just how somebody is stuck in one D couldn't even fathom what three dimensions w- would be like. So um, yeah, I think about totally. a lot about that. Um, and uh, yeah, but I, I guess, oh, I, I know what I want to tell you. You should read this book, uh, Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test by Tom Wolfe. Um, Maurice, mm. oh, yeah. Maurice and I have both read it. Actually, this is what got I'm us. I'm reading it right now. It's amazing. It's what got yeah. us into these topics when we were like 13, 14 years old in high school. We started reading this kind of stuff, and that's kind of how we got into, this was before it was cool. I mean, this was the late 90s. People had obviously were taking psychedelics. They've been taking them forever. But in terms of like being interested in this like metaphysical and more to life and those kinds of themes, I mean, that's kind of what we were into. Everybody, you know, high school is just worried about other stuff. And but that's the kind of things that we were thinking about. But that book is kind of what got us going on all these kind of a topics. So you should read that. For what's sure. what's it called? What's it called? It's called Electric Kool Aid Acid Test. Electric Kool Aid Acid Test uh, cool. by Ken. Or it's it's uh, by Tom, Tom Wolf on yeah. Ken Kesey, who is um, Ken Kesey was part of like the government research into LSD, and he would take it like voluntarily and stuff like that. And then, yeah, he's like he's one of the oh. first ten people to do it. Yeah, and then he. Oh, sick. And then he started the Merry Pranksters, which was this group of like crazy people that would do nuts things well they're actually oh there's a lot of intellectual types in no it, no but, but they, they would do to... crazy things i mean like right. their bus driver cassidy this guy would take acid and drive the bus and not even stop at red lights and she, he was just driving in the flow and he never they never <laughs> he, he never got an accident or anything so it's one of those crazy Shit. things but um but yeah that was kind of what was happening you know and it's all about like the grateful dead and you know, mm-hmm. that's how what they, they started. That's what the, the the acid tests were. Where bands were going to play at these parties, where there was a punch bowl full of acid, and if you drank the punch, you were going to trip balls, and you were going to watch this, whether it be the Grateful Dead, Jefferson Airplane, you know, one of those old bands. So, whoa, whoa. they're all trying to achieve this group consciousness, where yes. they're all on the same level, and the the group started getting bigger and bigger, and. They wanted to see how big they could get. And it was all about being on the, have you ever heard that, like, that, that saying, like, get on the bus? It's kind of like, that's where that kind of comes from. Like, if you're on the bus, you're, like, you're hip with it. And if you're off the bus, you, right. don't, you know, you're not. You know, you love the book, though. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. There's a lot of uh, allegories and metaphors, and it's right up your alley. Because the way you, you speak, the way you think is right online with all this stuff which it, it should be because you take lsd and so, you have that yeah. open mind so it, it, it fits right in hand in hand with it but i'm reading it right now and maybe if you do take maybe if you do read it we can get together and do a little episode just on that book that'd be True cool that. yeah i'll give it a look yeah is it a big book it's medium it's... size it's very it's very complex the way you wrote it because it's like 
he's getting the descriptive in the detail yeah he makes yeah, like, you almost yes. trip you almost trip like reading it um in a certain yes. way like he's very good at describing like those mindscapes and different things cool yeah uh, i'll definitely give that a check um but cool, yeah cool. i mean uh that's pretty much all i got unless you want to uh no i mean go um, somewhere I'm else with... just yeah uh do a shout out i guess to trip whip um if yeah. you want to give that a look it's on uh youtube uh, i've got instagram as well though it's double p for both trip and whip um also i got a merch store up and running if you're into some psychedelic clothes feel free to go to my youtube channel and uh check out the link there cool, uh, like tie-dyes and stuff or yeah, like it's just like some designs. Like one of the designs is actually by a guy who hit me up because um, he thought he, well, he, he's like in contact with the same sort of stuff, had the same sort of Truman Show experience, and he turned uh-huh. out to be a wicked artist. So he like he did this really cool design of like an egg, egg cracking into a um, fry pan, which I used. Doesn't sound cool, but it is very cool. Yeah, is it the green one? The green, green and yellow? No, something else. No, I don't know. Uh, what I'm thinking. It's his own some links. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I have I have the link to your channel below, so people check out uh, the Trip Whip channel. He's got awesome videos on there of trip reports and personal experiences and insights into these topics. Uh, Check him out on social media, and uh, you can also check him out. We've had him on the show a few times now, so we've we have a couple clips with him, and we also he's done um, I think three other episodes with us. So you can check those out if you're interested below. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it. You can check us out at, uh, patreon.com slash Mike and Maurice for $2 a month. You'll get exclusive content interviews and, um, uh, videos. And, uh, you can check out our website at Mike and Maurice And if you're listening on all the audio platforms, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a nice review. We appreciate that. And, um, that's it, man. Cheers. Thanks for coming on, and uh, happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. And Real quickly, for the viewers of this channel, especially if you are loyal, hit that Patreon up for real. It makes a difference for us creators. It's not just like a little – like the money is obviously extremely helpful, but the fact that someone will pay to watch your, cha- your, watch your channel, it motivates you in ways that you wouldn't imagine and just increases the quality. So if you're a loyal fan, do the loyal thing. Help these guys out. they got quality channel, and you know what. Do what's right. Oh, dude, love we, it, bro. we love, love you, it. bro. <laughs> Happy balance. No, but you are right. You just you you did just touch on something. Uh, it does give you that like good feeling. Like, oh, they appreciate what I'm doing. I'm putting a lot of time into this. So, um, that that's awesome, man. And um, everybody, check out his Patreon as well because without uh, our fans and viewers and everybody we would be nothing so oh, we, no, yeah. we appreciate everybody and we love you and happy valentine's day everybody yeah awesome thank you so much guys peace bro no problem take it easy peace